Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Bijou Podcasts. This is episode 61 of the Stacey June Show. Today is a single Pringle episode and I'm doing my part two of your questions. Stace here. I host the Stacey June Show and every Tuesday we drop a single Pringle episode. Today is part two of my Q&A over on Instagram, singlepringleau um, or podcast at stacyjune.com. I have collected a whole heap of questions about relationships, solo life, flourishing by yourself, whether you are single or in a relationship um, and dating. It's an interesting one because there's an absolute mishmash of things, but I want to get stuck in because uh, there are so many to get to. I wanted to give a few quick uh, housekeeping shout outs. One-on-one coaching will pretty much close in a week. So I'm taking an intake for one-on-one coaching across eight weeks. There are six sessions across eight weeks. You do four, have a break of two, and then have another two where you can work with myself on absolutely anything you want. It might be uh, trying to get over a breakup. It might be trying to get really refined about attracting things into your life. It might be some trauma work. It might be some family stuff, might be new jobs, might be self-worth, you name it. Uh, I will be there. And it's really interesting. The group coaching will still kick off in September and is a complete course, three-week course on how to build a self-care routine for yourself. The one-on-one coaching is much more specific to what it is you require. So if you've got any questions, support at stacyjune.com is where you can find out more info or you can have a bit of a read at stacyjune.com forward slash workshops. Uh, I'm happy to answer your questions on Instagram too if you want to DM me and that's easier. Um, you can follow me at Stacey June. And of course, follow Single Pringle at Single Pringle AU. Uh, Thank you for being here. Thank you for those of you that left a rating and review from last week. I appreciate it and I see them. Uh, I want to get stuck into these questions. I'm keeping most of you anonymous, so don't stress. Uh, I want to start with, I want to start with one, one question that when I read it, I was disappointed to read it. I got to be honest. And I'm sorry to say that and I really hope that the person that sent through this question isn't offended. But Kay, let's just call you K7, asks, how can I find the right guy when I feel like a loser most of the time and have no confidence? I really hope, Kay, at this point you're able to understand that there is no finding the right guy when you feel like that about yourself. And when I say disappointed about this question, it wasn't so much that I was like, this isn't a question worth my time. 
I felt disappointed that you were asking me this question because I felt like I'd maybe let you down. Because if you listen to my show, you follow Single Pringle or you follow anything I do, the message is really clear and that the way that we attract great people into our lives is becoming great people. Now, on the flip side of that, I get it. The beginning and starting from scratch when you have absolutely no confidence, no worth, for some reason you've been completely beaten down and feel like it's just all too hard. I've been there. I've definitely been there. But the thing that I understood from just looking at my single mum work about 17 jobs or understanding by reading bio- biographies of self-made people like Richard Branson or, you know, even Janine Ellis who did Boost Juice. I'm not saying these people started in the slumps like Jay-Z, even though his story is incredible. But I am saying that in order for things to come to you, you've got to do something for them to come. And so even when I was feeling really uneasy and felt like you, where I didn't have confidence, I didn't know what the tools were to get them and meeting the man of my dreams or the woman of your dreams, depending on which way you pat, was so far away from, I guess, even remotely happening for me because I... I I didn't even like myself. I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. So that's where you start. There is no way that you're going to find the right guy when you don't like yourself. And that goes to anyone, even if you've started the work and you're telling yourself you're doing the work, but yet your relationship with yourself hasn't changed. So I've got girls that have done coaching, group coaching in, um, in my sessions this year that, you know, we'll get to the second or third week and they'll be the most disciplined, but they'll also be the hardest on themselves when they fuck up or maybe do all that they classify as fuck up, not what I do, but they might miss a Wednesday of meditation or and then the absolute self-berating that happens because of that then cancels out all of the self-work that we're, we're doing. It is so important that you're nice to yourself, And it is so important that you stop speaking to yourself badly in your mind. If you need help to start that process, then you need to see a therapist. I have my coaching, my one-on-one that I have been sharing on this show and on my socials and my group coaching. And that, of course, is always available too. Kinesiologists are great. Um, starting to look after your health and seeing a naturopath is a really good start to just investing if you're not someone that wants to dive straight into the the mental game. Journaling and starting to see how you read back and how you talk to yourself is really confronting but really powerful. It all starts from the way that you converse with yourself. So K7 My message to you is that you don't need to worry about the right guy right now. You need to worry about becoming the right girl. The right guy will come and find you when you start that work. I promise you that. I hope that helps and I wish you all the best. And if is anything I can do to to help, you know where to find me. Okay, I love this question. How do you deal with loneliness in a healthy way? Let's call this Chickadee TM. All right, Tma. All right, TM. Great question. I think loneliness is a part of a a really important development tool that we need to flex. And I think it's a really great time to flex it when you're single. Because if you are a person that's, I don't know, was a high school sweetheart, 
and and didn't have the ability to have the space where you could feel true loneliness, then I really do believe that there's always an element or a leveler that you'll never quite get to in terms of healing a part of us that really aches very equally. I think as humans, we want to be connected. That's that's really a very, very commonality, a big commonality in so much research and, and so many cross kind of belief systems, whether it's religious or spiritual. I think so many people can come to the same place and, and really agree upon the fact that as a species, connection is imperative for us to to flourish. So loneliness is a really interesting part of that because it feels very unnatural, it feels very uncomfortable, and it feels like something that we should avoid at all costs. My belief system to heal things is to feel them. And so when we think about avoiding something to try and fix it, well, we're doing exactly that right, avoiding it. We're not fixing anything at all. So I think loneliness is really important to address head on. It's also important to not ignore. So if you do feel lonely, feel lonely. Go home that night after work. Buy a pizza on the way home. Journal. Cry. Listen to music. Have a bath. Feel alone. And then watch the power fuck off. Watch the power of loneliness go when you feel lonely. We are so petrified of this feeling. We are so petrified of what it means to, for it to be just us. And trust me, chicks and blokes, this was, this was and is one of my biggest life lessons because I carried it on from my parents and one parent in particular where this parent has gone from relationship to relationship and has been completely chasing, had this like devil or ghost chasing them, which is loneliness and essentially ran away from it at absolutely every cost because connection became too worthy. So sometimes your need for connection can then go on the other spectrum where you need to fill a gap so badly, you need to fill that loneliness gap so badly that you crave overconnecting. So essentially then you start to do things the other way where it's damaging, you're in shitty relationships, you hang out with people you don't really care about, you are constantly busy and I see this all the time, people that, and you can be in a relationship, you don't have to be single for this to happen, where you are so petrified of any space in your calendar on the weekend that you don't allow yourself to even remotely feel this. So by avoiding it the entire time, it gets worse, you fear it worse, and then you make way worse decisions you would than just feeling it. So TM, my suggestion to you is feel it. You have 24 hours at one time. I don't think you want to kind of dive in too much more than that at once. But 
maybe you need that. Maybe you need a week, especially after a breakup where you you need to kind of find this like dark spot because once you find the dark spot, it just looks differently when you're there. And look, this is talking to people that are not in serious depression that haven't probably just come out of a raw breakup and feeling completely petrified and beside themselves. You know, I'm talking to you if you're a person that has been single for a little bit or at least isn't, you know, clinically or severely depressed and you feel like you are strong enough to go there without doing any severe damage to yourself. And I speak like that with everybody, you know, depression and and severe anxiety and those kinds of things that are, are clinical or that you need medication or you're doing your own program you know, that, that they're different conversations. They're things that you need to deal with with a doctor but or a therapist or a, a psychiatrist. But my point is at some point everyone needs to go there. At some point we need to stop avoiding the things that scare us. And my suggestion in a healthy way to deal with loneliness is to feel lonely. Okay, next question. Great question. Okay, activities I could engage with to meet people. This is, I answer such deep, intense questions all the time and this is a question I find so hard to answer because like things have changed but then, so we've changed in terms of our way of social life and so lots of parts of our, I guess, options for socialising have changed because even when you're out at a bar, people are on their phones or on their or they're on apps and they're not really looking around to talk or mingle anymore. It's like I've got a booty call. I don't need to look around to see if anyone's at this club. Things are really different. But then I also don't feel like the rest of society has caught up to the fact that we're going to have to find new ways to meet people. So my thought process is around talking with the community you may already have. That may not be a big group of friends. You might have moved to a new city and not have a really big group of friends. That's fine. But you might have one person that you can open up to and say, I need to find new ways to meet people. And I think the conversation is important because I think they could have a party, they could have a suggestion, they could have a friend that's in the same boat. It starts to kind of I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. It kind of like starts to feed out. So your one person turns into five other options and then from one or two of those options that come through, it turns into another five and it starts to kind of spiral out a bit like a spider's web. Whereas if you start on your own and start Googling on your own about meetups and all those things, which are great, don't get me wrong, and and Bumble do a lot of like events now. Um, This is something that I've even thought about doing because I I think it's so needed. Um, But I think think it's important, A, to start that web of conversation with people. And I think part B is that it's really important to be vulnerable with the people in your life. So for me, someone that has been looking to make friends, for example, not necessarily meeting someone, but it's the same deal because you might want to put yourself in situations that aren't your friendship group because they may all be taken or you may already know all of those people. So it's so important for you to be vulnerable with what you want. For me right now, it's important for me to ask people to go for dinner, ask people out. You know, I'm in a different place in my life where it's been like this for a few years, actually, where I'm still trying to find my groove and 
it's important for you to put yourself on the line. So I think that the second part to this this answer is that showing vulnerability to people that you already have in your life is really important too. There might be a person at work that you can open up to and say, hey, do you guys, do you have like a group of friends that you catch up with that I could tag along with? Or, you know, do you have anybody that you could set me up with? I'm not necessarily looking for the one through this process, but I am looking to try and find ways to meet new people. And it's hard, but I think that it's easier than starting from scratch on your own at some hiking group that's going to meet in the mountains on a Saturday at nine and you're by chance hoping that there'll be somebody there. The other thing I will say on this is travel on your own. Go to areas where people are traveling. Now, yes, whilst they might be transient and you might meet the, you know, three Spanish girlfriends, who gives a shit? You're out and you're experiencing things solo. Traveling on your own is so incredibly powerful and such a good way to make friends. And I tell you what, if you're an Aussie and you're traveling and you do end up going overseas, there's a really good chance you're meeting an Aussie and becoming besties. I've made some of the real, the best mates I've made by living in Sydney were, were people that I met in India. So it's bizarre. But travel does seem to collect people with commonalities. And so I would suggest that as a third part to my answer. Okay, next question. This is a bit more relationshipy, and it's from EYK. Am I settling to keep dating a guy with all my top qualities, but the attraction isn't strong? This is really interesting because if the attraction isn't there, then I guess I would question whether you actually do have all your top qualities. Because in my opinion, being attracted to someone is a quality. Now, this isn't a crazy thing to happen. It seems like something that you shouldn't put on your qualities list or your values list. And again, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, there is a values workshop that you can purchase. I'll put it in show notes. And basically, it allows you to figure out a way to be very specific and really start to question the kinds of person you are looking for if you haven't if you haven't already. But often, we get to this point where we feel like we've got this perfect list and then we meet someone and they tick all the things off the list. This has happened to me. And I'll talk from my example. So I was like, oh, my God. And so then my girlfriends and I started calling this guy baby daddy because that's how fucking keen I was. And he met all of the criteria I had on this values list. And it was just so crazy. Like I I remember driving in – like I was driving to my family girls' trip that I do annually – And it was really dark and I flew in interstate late at night and I was, you know, driving. I think I hired a car or borrowed a car or something and was driving into country Victoria at about, I don't know, late at night. And and I was talking to him on the phone and it was so intimate. And he was telling me how he was looking for cars for me that day because I was uh, car shopping at the time. He's like, I found this one. I think you really like. Anyway, we're talking and talking and it just was one of these things that just happened so easily, so quickly. And... It was so, so great until I realized that the times that we laughed or the times that we had fun and were more kind of giggly or lighthearted or jokey were when I brought them. So because I was so fulfilled with other areas of my life, in other areas of my life for the fun part 
and I was so fulfilled with other areas of my life with the funny part, my work I love so much and the people that I were around all the time would make me laugh constantly and I classified myself as funny. I didn't have that on the list. I didn't have funny on my list, which to me is like as as pretty much as full on MYK as saying I'm not attracted to him sexually because funny for me is actually not an option. Crazy. It's like saying I want to meet someone and I don't want to have sex with them. It, that's the same deal. It's like that's a friendship. Intimacy, sexual intimacy is such an important part of this part of your life. Like you don't want to sign that off. It's incredible and especially when you start to work on yourself and figure out what's possible as women in our 20s and 30s, my God, you start to go, why the fuck would I ever consider not having the most epic sexual relationships because this is crazy and I'll get to that in a second. But the point is often the most obvious shit isn't on the list because we just assume it's going to happen that way. So my question to you, MYK, is that you probably have something more to add to your list, which is that you want to find them attractive. And I think as well with the values list that I've put forward or the values workshop I've put forward, we've really worked very hard on not choosing type. So I understand why this is something that if you did do that workshop could be lost because I really encourage it not to be from a builder or a foundation of looks. However, if you are a person that values sexual intimacy because you have done some self-work on yourself to understand different orgasms, you know, really healed trauma, started to understand how to climax in different ways, figured out how to pleasure yourself, find ways to kind of lighten up energy there, tracked your menstrual cycle, done all this self-work on yourself, then sex doesn't become or looks don't become a, I guess, type thing. They become a value. They become an internal force. They become something that you crave as a part of your femininity and as a part of your your womanhood. So I think my thought here is, is that not only does this need to add to your list, but also it may be something that you are yet to develop within yourself. Because if you are meeting someone that you're not sexually attractive to, there may be some room for you to start to develop your own sense of sexuality within yourself. And I know this is hard to hear because it does sound like he is such a great guy, but I am so kind of happy for you because I think this is towards the end of you really finding yourself, to be honest. I think this is often the final piece in a woman's puzzle that you have everything sorted and we just are not told enough that our sexual being is a part of our full rounded self-development. We just don't understand or ever, sh- or ever really learned that how we pleasure or how people pleasure us is very much a part of our our self-care and self-worth principles. Like it's really, really important that we are aware of what we need in this part of our life and, and we just are not encouraged to do that. We've been told we're sluts or we've been told that there's a certain thing in us that means if we kind of go for sex in our 20s, it's you're a type of woman. So I find that this is the last cab off the rank when it comes to really going deep within who you are. 
So as much as I feel that you might be disappointed by this answer because you feel like you got really close, I'm so excited. So I would really recommend uh, Tara O's Jade Egg course um, or you can also try wrote listening back to the podcast that I did with Rosie and she's got different um, self-love co- courses that you can do on there. You can buy different wands and different get a vibrator start to do things but there's so many different ways that you can do to begin a sexual experimental phase for yourself that don't necessarily have to involve you going out and fucking a heap of guys and maybe there's a way for you to do this while staying with him for a little bit and seeing if it changes with him once you change, I guess, the relationship with yourself. But once you start to do a little bit of sexual development in yourself, you will know pretty quickly whether he is able to, I guess, fulfill you in that way or not. Because you will be fulfilled. You'll have an idea of what you want. And maybe you'll see things in a different light and you'll start to encourage him or help him or communicate with him differently or maybe you'll just be very 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 clear that that you've just missed this particular part and you need to to be honest with him about that I wish you all the best I am very very excited and MYK I I know that you are an avid listener and content follower of my stuff so I really encourage you to keep going with this because I, I think it's a really, really exciting time for you even though this may not have been the answer that you wanted. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, a couple more questions before we wrap up. I've got a relationship one that I want to get to. I I think, oh, there's a couple actually. Let's get moving. Okay, KW, this is a great question. Do you think that sometimes you're attracting people who need your energy, not mirroring you? So I talk a lot in this podcast about how, I know, you know, essentially I've spoken last week on the Q&A and, and I have mentioned a lot on the show, if you do listen to it, that a lot of the things we need to learn are people being a mirror in front of us. And a lot of people, a lot of teachers, a lot of spiritual um uh, teachers and different, I don't know, self-help uh, speakers and whatever are people that will talk about mirroring mirroring work and, and essentially how a lot of the things that bug us or, or that we attract are ways for us to learn more about what we need to do within ourselves. So this question is interesting because there's an idea there that people may come to you because they need you And it may be more about you giving to them than them giving to you, if I've understood the question correctly. Do you think that sometimes you're attracting people who need your energy rather than mirroring you? Okay, yeah. Um, No. The short answer is no. I don't think that the universe works like that. I don't think we find people that need us. 
I think in this instance, we may find people that need us because we may need to feel needed. So my thought here is, is if you're attracting people that you genuinely love helping or genuinely believe they've found you for them, and that may be the case for their journey, but I'm answering the question in regards to your part in that journey, do you need them to need you to build your self-worth? And I think it's a really important question because, oh my God, there are so many different ways that you can become a fixer. Uh, if If you're born into a household that gives you that role early on, it's very, very dominant in the kind of relationships or the like I guess the part you play in relationships and it looks like you can be helping everybody but actually it's so detrimental to yourself and I think the other part that's really common in a fixer um, trait is the female gender (laughs) I think so many chicks uh, trying to be fixers and I think so many men that have a real um, I guess sense of femininity and very in touch with their femininity are also people that try to be fixers so often we find people that need us need us to need them need us so they they need we need them to need us essentially so the the, the crux of it is that the buck stops with you. Whoever's coming into your life is starting from your need. Whether it looks like they need you for them is very true and it gets a bit confusing because that's fair enough. They probably do need you and why wouldn't they? You sound fabulous and you're obviously very helpful and a, and a stunning person that can offer lots of things. But, but my question really is about, well, I think relationships are equality And I also think that we really need to get out of our own asses and start to realize that if we aren't able to get fulfillment and confidence without people needing us, then we've got a bit more work to do. You can't build confidence and worth from other people's yearning for you. It needs to come from you on your own. And once you get to that point and you start to get, I guess, a sense of self or a sense of confidence or a sense of, you know, I um, I feel good about myself without somebody telling me, thank you so much for helping me or I really needed that from you or, you know, I've had to go through this in all different phases of my life and and really had to be very clear on why I do the work that I do as well because, you know, am I looking to give or am I looking to take from you needing me? And it's a really important thing and I've, and I've cleared that up. Like there are things I have to share and the second that I require any kind of acknowledgement is the second I need to go check myself and go back and do some more work because that's not what I'm here to do. And I think that's a really important point with relationships you shouldn't start a relationship with someone's desire to kind of pull from you. You really want to be starting a relationship with a joint ability to give. And if you're starting off the the other foot where somebody's needing you more than you're needing them, then not only is it their fault 
or their bad, I guess. I don't want to say bad or fault, but I guess their thing that they're taking too much. But the other thing is, is you're giving too much, which means you're not giving to yourself, which means you're also giving too much for probably reasons that are, you know, kind of unhealthy because they're fixing a bit of a gap there that you haven't fixed yourself. I hope that helps answer that question. It's a tricky one to follow, but I I think you'll get the gist. All right, I got a couple more before I end this Q&A. The next one is what ways, what are ways where I can stop loving my ex? KB. Hmm. Every single time when you go through a breakup or you're grieving and you feel that there's a gap. Now let's talk about gaps again. We've just kind of covered that, but there's a gap that they used to fill and fair enough when you break up with a lover and you break up from a relationship, all of a sudden your gaps are filled often by someone that loves you before you've even had the chance to fill it yourself. So the first thing you do when something bad happens is you call your boyfriend and he's really quickly filling that gap for you. Babe, it's fine. You're going to be great. This audition, you'll nail it. Or, oh my God, this presentation, you've got this. Whereas if you're on your own, you have to fill that gap yourself or a girlfriend or I don't know, whatever example it is, a family member, a dog, whatever. But a lot of the time you learn, it's not easy, but you learn that you have to build confidence and fill the gap yourself. When we fall single and whether it's in our power or not, it's hard because those gaps become, it, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to have gaps filled by someone else. It means you don't have to do it. And let's face it, even though I'm a self-care coach and I think it's really important we all work on ourselves, I'm the first person to say that when I got into a relationship, fuck me, it was so nice to have someone to call to kind of feel, make me feel better without me having to constantly do everything myself. I actually even said to my husband the other day, I remember having a, a family issue and him kind of backing me up and me thinking, oh my God, I don't have to do this on my own anymore. But I did it on my own for a really long time in order to attract him. So it doesn't all work out where you will always have someone there. And I think the great thing for me was that when I met Ben, I had learned how to fill up my own gaps. And any time that I'm not filling them up or I realize that even in a relationship, I can't always have him fill them up, even though that's what your told relationship should be, that your person should be there at every two seconds. Sometimes he might not answer the phone and I can't get mad at that. So you've got to fill them yourself. So back to this question. Every time you feel like you miss your ex, they, I don't know, you wish they'd have called, you might still be talking to them, you, you know, are sad that you can't go to a friend's birthday because they're there, you're sad that you're missing a family wedding that you were invited to but you're not and you just miss them full stop. You miss the cuddle, you miss the pep up, you miss them. These are all new gaps and now you need to fill them yourself. And so every single time you get a yearning for your ex or every single time you miss them, I encourage you to think about what you can do for yourself. So, okay, I miss Matt so badly today. How can I do something for myself? And not necessarily that makes you feel the same way Matt would make you feel. And I'm just using Matt as a random name. But more to the point of, 
How can I turn this back to being about me and not about Matt? How can I turn this back around to being about what I can do in this instance for me or what I can change or what I can approach rather than wishing and hoping he did it? Because A, he can't and he won't anymore and B, the sooner you start to realise that the buck stops with you, the quicker the healing will happen. It may not always be you. It may be a friend. It may be a family member. It may be going for a walk. It may be meditating. It may be journaling. There's so many different ways to fill the gap that you feel needs to be filled by Matt. Fill it with another alternative. Just replace it. Replace it with something else. And then those gaps will start to be filled and there'll be less gaps that you'll straight away go to think of Matt when you want them to be filled because we all have gaps in our life. We all want them filled. We just become really dependent on that person filling our gaps because that's what a relationship is. You just need to find another gap filler and that's not telling you to go and find another dude. You need to find it yourself. You need to find it with loved ones. You need to find it with soul-nourishing activities. Okay, Last question. This is by 282. Why do we fall for guys that are unemotional and unattainable? (sighs) Okay. We fall for guys that are like that because we have not become the emotional available women or person that will attract the person that is as emotionally open that w- as we'd like. So if we're attracting unavailable men into our lives, then there is a part of us that we haven't yet become that is emotionally and mentally and physically available that will match the men we're dreaming of or are desiring. So I'm not going to do the same thing of kind of going, turn it around on you because I know that's how I answer things a lot. I want to frame this differently. You aren't able to meet someone that you desire until you have those qualities. And there's two parts to this. If you're not also clear on a constant self-practice ritual, and that could be yoga, could be walking, it could be daily meditation, it could be journaling, it could be whatever, whatever you do to get in touch with yourself. If you don't have one of those, there's a really good chance that you are lacking honesty with yourself. So that's the first issue. And when we lack honesty with ourselves, we tell ourselves that we are emotionally available We meet emotionally unavailable men and then we wonder why the world's against us. The first point is that you're not doing enough to have a conversation with yourself honestly because when you do those kinds of self-care practices like I mentioned earlier, you know in your gut what your honest response is as to whether you are as emotionally available as the kind of man you want to attract. The second point is 
is that we need to proactively be that. So we may be doing the work and we may be coming to the table with our understanding of what emotional availability means within ourselves, but how are we practicing it? How are we putting it into our lives? You don't have to wait to be in a relationship to start practicing it. You need to start practicing it with other areas of your life. So it may be that you now need to start having more vulnerable conversations with your girlfriends. You may need to start being clearer with your boss about your needs. You may need to start journaling so you have a constant conversation with yourself about what you want and desire. You need, may need to be the person to start to have a conversation first rather than wait for someone to come to you in a boardroom or a, a, I don't know, a work setting. These are th- ways for you to start practicing the things that you've learned. So if you're doing the work, it's all very well to do it, but how are you practicing it in your life to demonstrate that you are that person now, that you're a person that is emotionally available, open and attainable? Maybe it's taking a step Uh, a a tip from my earliest advice around meeting people that you may need to say to a friend really calmly, not like, oh my God, my life's awful. I need to meet someone. None of this shit. None of this, my life is tragic shit. So many of you enjoy it. And I do post some stuff on Single Pringle often because it is funny and cute for a point. But then it gets to a point as well where you need to take some control as to why your life is working out the way it is. So own it and be mature about it and be adult about it and say to a girlfriend or a a person at work, I'm finding it really hard to meet people and then particularly to meet someone that I feel like I could be attracted to. I don't really like apps. Like, do you know anyone or have you heard of different ways that people are meeting people or... And just be vulnerable. Own your openness because that openness with that person has said to the universe, she is open. And then the guy that you meet next will match it. You need to be the person you want to attract. It's that simple. The things that you're not attracting are the things you need to step up. And you can't wait for a relationship to show them. You need to activate them in your life today. All right, guys, this has been an epic part two of the Single Pringle Q&A. I will continue to collect questions at any time that you have them by uh, reading through podcasts at stacyjune.com. We file them all, so don't worry if we do another one in a few months. Um, we will collect them. Uh, and you can follow us at Single Pringle AU on Instagram if you like. Oh, my God, I've spoken for 40 minutes. I feel so fried. I hope you got some help from, from some of those, and I, I really hope that there was some answers and some aha moments uh, for you. If you like this podcast and it did give you an aha moment, I really would appreciate you to do something with that for me. So it would be so great for you to leave a rating and review on the Stacey June Show or perhaps send Single Pringle AU Instagram account to a couple of girlfriends. Uh, There's just constantly funny memes and different inspo quotes just to kind of show up in your feed every day to make you feel less alone and more empowered in living solo life. All right, guys, I will be back on Thursday with another epic chat. Until then, see ya. This has been another Bijou Podcast production.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 